Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour. Today is December 16th, and it is episode 347, and my new friend Jonas Myron is on the show today. Before we get to Jonas, I want to encourage you to do something. Two things I want to bring to you today. Number one, have you subscribed to our YouTube channel? I really want you to because we have some exciting things coming in 2021 that you do not want to miss out on. Go to youtube.com slash Jamie Ivy, and there you're going to find some videos I've already done. We had some fun videos during quarantine. You'll find some videos from guests. You'll find some sing-alongs with my daughter's story, which are going to be your favorite. I already know it, but we have something fun coming in 2021. I also want to encourage you to check out compassion.com slash Ivy. I've been talking about them since Thanksgiving, and I'm going to continue talking about them because I'm so excited about partnering with them and about encouraging you to partner with them as well. Go to Compassion.com slash Ivy, and we have made a page for you that lists a bunch of children in the Dominican Republic who've been waiting for a sponsor for over a year. We've had over 100 kids sponsors through you guys already. We would love to see hundreds more. We really do believe in the work that Compassion's doing, and we believe in the model of you as a listener partnering with them to help them eradicate poverty in their community. They work through the local church, and you will get to have communication with your specific child. We hope to take a trip to the Dominican Republic in the next couple of years where you would have the opportunity to meet your child that you've been sponsoring. It's $38 a month. You can impact not only a child and not only a family, but an entire community. Together is always better, and we can change the world for a family today through Compassion.com slash Ivy. Today on the show, my new friend Jonas Myron is here. Jonas is originally from Sweden and he lives in LA right now, but he's a Grammy and Billboard Music Award winning singer, songwriter, and producer who has done so much good stuff. We're going to talk about that just for a small moment today. Right now in this current Christmas season, he has a new single out. It's called Just a Breath Away. It's from the new movie that just came out called Noel from the Three Wise Men movie. Today's interview with Jonas is hands down one of the favorite ones we've done of 2020. In fact, Lindsay, who, you know, she's my right-hand girl, she said she cried through this entire interview because it is so good and so moving. Not only is Jonas a phenomenal storyteller, which you're going to find out today, but he is also a listener to the Holy Spirit, and I want to be more like that. I was so encouraged by this episode and conversation of talking to Jonas today about how we can just listen to the Holy Spirit and He will help us love people around us. All right, friends, sit back and listen. You might want to grab some tissues. It's my warning to you guys, but here's my conversation with Jonas Myron. Jonas Myron, welcome to the happy hour. Hey, Jamie. Happy hour to you. Happy hour to you. It is so great. Okay, so you are a brand new person to me, but I told my husband and he's like, oh, I already know who he is. So you introduce yourself to my listeners. Well, my name is Jonas Myron. I'm from Sweden. I'm living in Los Angeles. And right now I am in my house and my studio and I'm a singer and I'm a songwriter and yeah, musician and lover of life and travel and journey and discovery. I think that you might be our first Swedish person on the happy hour. Oh, really? Yeah. So I think you are now responsible for representing all of your people for everyone. What do you know about Sweden, Jamie? I'm I'm putting (laughs) it to the test. Do you know anything? Something from Sweden? I know nothing. Is that where the sound of music took place? Uh, no, that's Austria, but good guess. <laughs> I apologize. But have you ever been to Ikea? Yes. <laughs> there you go. Swedish. Have you ever used Spotify? 
Yes. Swedish, have you ever used Skype? Yes. Swedish, have you ever listened to ABBA? Yes. Swedish, there you go. Look at and you. And Jonas Meyer. I actually, you're Jonas Myron with the Swedish education today. I actually yeah. think that I flew through Sweden last year and remember it being one of the best airports that I've ever been in. Would you say that's no, true? No, you're right. It actually is. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's yeah. so clean. It's actually funny saying that because I will normally go to that airport like an hour earlier than my flight, an extra hour earlier, just because it's so nice and peaceful. Like I love sitting with my laptop, like doing phone calls or just doing emails. It's just so peaceful, that airport. It's amazing. Okay, so what brought you to America? Because I know that your family is still in Sweden. Family, they're still in Örebro, which is a town two hours from Stockholm. I was living in Berlin, actually, before I moved here. I was working as an artist. I was touring all around Germany and Switzerland and Austria and Europe, releasing my solo music. And uh, I was also doing writing for other artists at the same time. But... uh, Kind of, I had a song called Day of the Battle that just took off, sold gold over there and just kind of changed my life overnight in a way. And it was really cool because as that whole thing was happening, uh, Universal Music in the US heard that record that I, I thought only people in Europe would have heard because we only released it in Europe. But they got in touch and Evan Lamberg, who's the president of Universal Music in LA, he was like, Jonas, I really want to sign you. I think America needs your music as well, not just Europe. Uh, and I think you need to move to LA and I want to champion you. And um, in the same time, I, as I always have, I've been writing worship songs and have always had such a heart for worship. And we were able to do a really unique thing with Universal on my pop stuff and then with Nashville with my faith songs. So we, it's the first time anyone ever did this. It was signed like a joint publishing deal with faith and pop, which has been really special. And that's always been part of my heart is to be that bridge between the two worlds. I love that so much. So what year was that that you moved to the U.S.? That was five years ago now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just got my green card. So I'm like... <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Half American. <laughs> I'm a resident. You're you know? like, I, I don't like, know if you want to claim that some days, but, you know, we're here. <laughs> I know. Actually, I love the States. I know we're in a place right now where it's, it's been crazy and it's been so much going on. But I must say, I've met the most incredible people in the world in America. The I kindest full of love, generous, and you're always going to get the people that are not, right? But that's in every country in the world. But I feel so blessed to live here, and I feel this has become home. So. I love it. Okay, so you're a songwriter, which I was telling you before we started that I'm married to a songwriter, and I love seeing the process of songs coming together and then uh-huh. coming to life. Um, yeah. You talked specifically, and I think this is so interesting, about you living and writing and working in two completely different worlds. Yes. And I guess I want to ask you is, how do you find the security in both of them? Because I know as a Christian and what I I have a faith-based podcast, I write books for Christian women. My husband's a pastor. He's a worship pastor. You know, we kind of live in this Christian world and I love, I love doing things in the non-Christian world, but I'll be the first to admit, sometimes I feel uncomfortable because I don't sometimes know how to be my true self. How do you balance that in living in both worlds? I definitely felt confronted with that moving to LA because I've been going to Nashville and done so many writing trips in Nashville. And Nashville is like, you will sit at like a cafe and you can just like talk to a stranger about God or like about (laughs) church or like everyone goes to church in Nashville. But in LA, it's not like that at all. And in the music industry here, you know, a lot of people 
have no experience with God or they might have some bad experience from right. the past, but there's not a lot of people that have a relationship with God. Yeah. That is a real thing. And I've actually loved, so my parents were missionaries. So I grew up in Sweden and Russia and traveled through Africa. We lived in Africa for one year, Iceland. So we traveled a lot as a family. So I've always had have such a heart for mission. And for me, mission is not about having to do a mission trip, mm. like go to Africa and tell people that, you know, the God is the only way. For me, mission is about love and it has always been, and my parents really taught me that mission is about having an open door, inviting people to your house, letting God, letting he be a part of our daily walk and letting love speak loud. And moving to LA, I really realized that, wow, this is like my, this is my mission field. Mm. Like this is my Africa. This is, I'm surrounded with people every day that have no experience with what we've had to experience with the Lord. And I, I just love being, being a light. Sometimes I'm in discussions with people and I get questions that I don't know the answers to. And I also think that's okay. And I think that is so important. It's actually, we don't have to have all the answers. Just we're all on a journey and we're all on a journey of, of finding who God is for us. And as we grow and as life changes, we're always going to go deeper in that and new questions will come and things we're going to wrestle with new things. And just because you're a believer doesn't mean we have all the answers. And I really notice in LA, just being open, having an open heart and sharing about my, also my struggles with faith and my struggles with what I'm going through has been powerful. And I've had so many incredible conversations with people out here from Uber drivers that have met the Lord through just talking with me in the car to sitting with someone what to one of my neighbors on the road. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Yeah. I think that's encouraging for all of us because everyone that's listening, we may not be, you know, songwriters writing, you know, Christian worship songs and also pop songs. And so we're having to bridge that gap, but we are all living in the world. And so how do we see our home and our family and our communities as our mission field? And I think that's so important for Christ followers to realize that we have, what we're supposed to be doing is right here in front of us. Yeah. Okay. This is a, just a curiosity question. Okay. Yeah. What's your favorite song that you have gotten to be a part of in writing? Oh. That's like asking someone to name their favorite kid, I bet. It is. It's like your husband would probably hate that question too. <laughs> I know. I, as I, Literally as it was coming out of my mouth, he was like, I was thinking to myself, Aaron would be like, I don't know. I've written so many songs. How do I pick one? Do you have a great story about one that you've written? Oh, I have a ton. I feel like literally you can pick a song and I can tell you a story about it because it's just, I have so many, like a lot of these songs come from a very authentic and real real place in the sense of like they have been birthed out of out of real life i'm not very good with just coming up with concepts and like let's write a song about popcorn on a boring day like right I, <laughs> you gotta live it yeah for me it's like they come out of something i've been thinking about or something i've been going through so i think those songs that have you know that have meant a lot to me in through my journey have been songs that have actually been allied in me and kind of my own therapy maybe or my own testimony or my own even songs that have, are reminding me of who God is or what matters or like I just released a song this summer called Not Alone and it's from my new record my solo record and that song ended up ministering back to me because mm. we were all in lockdown and I'm like I need this song myself oh, yeah and it's kind of crazy how you can write something way before yeah it's even happening and it's like as we can be prophetic as songwriters sometimes and that's yeah an unbelievable thing that you go, oh, wow, this was actually meant for now, 
you know, with such a time as this. Isn't that funny how God does that? When you said it's like therapy for you, I think so many times we as members of the church and we, you know, we, yeah. we sing songs to God and we worship him through our voices and uh-huh. all the things. Well, someone has to pen those. Someone has to write those, you know? And so it's funny yeah. how we benefit as a church through your therapy, through writing songs about God. I'm like, no. thank you, Jonas. <laughs> well, thank you, Jamie. I want to say it's the biggest honor. Like I was in Brazil a couple of years ago and I, I remember I stood in the back of the, uh, this church, because I, I love going wherever I'm in the world. I love to visit a local church on yeah. a Sunday, even if it's in a language I don't know. I just think the church is such a beautiful reflection of God's heart, of God's mm-hmm. people coming together. So I will always try, even when I'm in some random country, to just find a church. And I found a local church in Copacabana in Rio de Janeiro. I go, I sneak in, in the back. And don't you think, I hear my song, 10,000 Reasons, that I wrote with Matt Bregman, being sung in Portuguese, in their language. And there I am as a guest. And they have no idea. Yeah, I am. They have noted this guy is sitting here in the back. He wrote this song. Mm-hmm. You know, it was so cool. And I love, I didn't tell anyone either. I was like, I just stood there and I worshiped. And I was like, it was such a beautiful, beautiful picture of the kingdom and how we're actually family and how we're so connected that even though I was in Brazil on the other side of the world, I could stand there with these people and have family and we all worship together to 10,000 reasons. I didn't obviously know the words in Portuguese because I translated it, but, <laughs> but it was really neat. That's really, really cool. I often think about how music transcends. Like you just said, here you are in a whole other country. And it does, it just transcends. I mean, I've worshipped in lots of different countries around the world. And even like you, when I don't know the words... I feel like I'm worshiping the same God. And this is yeah. this is what heaven's going to be like. I mean, we're all going to really be worshiping. Is. It's so crazy. It is. And that's the thing about music. Music is a language, a universal language that we all can speak. Yeah. And I think that's what's, it's incredible how we can, how we can connect us, but also how we can unite us, mm. especially in a world now where I feel like there is so much division. Yeah. Like music is such a powerful way to unite us and, and to uplift us. And, uh, and for us to remember who God is, but also remember who we are. Mm. And there's something so beautiful how music can do that. And it can also heal us. It can remind us of what matters. It can ignite us. It's powerful. It's powerful. It's powerful. Okay, so music, I know you have, this is the middle of December. It's almost Christmas yep. and the new year. I know you have a new song coming out. Tell us about what you have coming out right now. Yeah, so I have my first ever Jonas Myron Christmas song. This is great. Coming out. And it's really exciting, Jamie, because it's a um, song from, I'm a big animation lover. Okay. I love, I'm an adult, but I'm literally a kid okay. on the inside. Like I have Disney plus on my situation. It's great. I love it. Like confession. Like yeah. I, for some reason, love animation. Like I've always loved storytelling, Yeah. but there's something so beautiful in animation how you can bring in music and story together and make something come alive. And I think when I grew up, we're probably similar age that- you know, we're kids of Disney, like Aladdin, yeah. Beauty and the Beast, Lion King. I mean, we grew up, or I didn't in a way, on those movies. Yeah. Those were like, which one was your favorite? Well, I think I'm older than you, Jonas, and that was really kind of you to say we're about the same age, but <laughs> uh, because I saw those movies when I was in high school, so there's okay. that. But I loved The Lion King. I remember yeah. watching it in the theater, yeah. and I loved Beauty and the Beast. And so those oh. were two of my favorites. I mean, but I also same. love Little Mermaid. See, these are all the old ones that, you know, that were They're so the best. great. They're, They're so the best. Good. I yeah. know. So yeah. I, for some reason, this uh, year, I've been able to have the honor to write for some movies. And the first one I did was um, in June with Natasha Bedingfield. I wrote a song for Jungle Beat, the movie that came oh, out. I don't know in, about this. It already came yes. out? Yeah, it came out in okay. June. It's called Together in This. 
And that was so fun. And um, this movie company heard about that song and they were like, Jonas, do you want to see if you can write something for this Christmas movie that comes up Christmas 2020? It's called The Three Wise Men. And they're like, we'll send you the film and see if you have something. I saw it and literally I was so inspired because I had never seen the nativity story told from the three wise men's perspective. Mm, yeah. And it was such a beautiful film made by the Chinese who did uh, The Grinch and they also uh-huh. did Secret Lives of Pets, which uh-huh. is also a great movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> a really good one. And I just had this idea about writing a song about the light of the world coming into this world and lighting up our world mm. and, and lighting up our own life. And, and it's called Just Breath Away, Noel. And I sent it in to uh, the team and I said, this is just a song about hope and how hope is one breath away. And they loved it. And they said, this is the one you wrote the theme song, Jonas. I'm like, what? It's like your best worlds are combining animation and songwriting. This is your best year. I know it's the best year. Literally, I feel like, and I, and it's so great because I get the previews of all these films. Yeah. So I get to like be the first one to see them and get to like, you know, for an animation lover like me, it's the best. And a huge privilege, obviously, because these movies have such an amazing reach mm. and outside the four walls of the church, which yeah. I love that these movies of hope are going out there to families. And The Three Wise Men is one of those. That's just, it's Andrew Griffith is doing the narration and it's beautiful. It's told in, in kind of in poetry and it's an incredible way of the nativity story. So I'll make sure I'll send you a secret link so you get to see Oh my it. gosh, I would love to see it. So when does it come out? Because, you know, movies are weird this year. So when yes. does it come out? How do we watch it? It's actually out now on okay. Amazon Prime. Got it. And it's available for streaming and download. And um, the song is out as well, Just a Breath Away. It. The theme song yeah. is on Spotify or Apple Music, iTunes, wherever people listen to music. I love it. Well, I can't wait to watch that. We are always looking for great content to watch around here. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. 
That's onepeloton.com. So 2020 has been really great for you because you got to write for your first animation film. And I can't wait to see you do more things like this. It's also been a hard year for you as well. It's been a, I mean, I feel like I always have a bunch of caveats about 2020. It's been hard for everyone. I was interviewing, you probably know her actually, because she's a singer, Brooke Lagerwood. And we were talking about- Oh yeah, she's my good friend. Yes. So we were talking about COVID and she said an example that has been, I have not forgotten what she said when we were talking about COVID. And she said, we're all in the same sea, but we're just in different boats. And so 2020 has affected everyone in a way, but it has affected everyone differently. Um, And, you know, some people have lost jobs or been furloughed and some people have lost loved ones. And unfortunately you are in that case and you lost your dad earlier this year um, to COVID. And so tell me a little bit about that. And did he live in Sweden and how has it been? I mean, I guess my real question to you is just grieving in the midst of this global pandemic, I would only imagine has been super difficult for you. Yeah. Jamie, this has been, I think the hardest year of my life Mm. being going, losing a parent and losing a parent that I was not able to travel to Sweden and see them because of, you know, the travel ban. Yeah. So none of us were able to go and from out here and it's been a testing time. It's been as well. I tell you what, it's been a beautiful experience to experience God's nearness in brokenness. Mm. I have never, I've always read that scripture that God is close to the brokenhearted. And I've always felt that's like, oh, well, that's a beautiful scripture of hope. But in my grief and in my loss, and when I've just been out of myself, when I felt like I've had no strength some mornings to wake up and just wanted to stay in bed, I have encountered his nearness and I've encountered the comforter. You know, David says, you know, even when I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And, and I've experienced God's rod and staff uphold me this summer. There's been days, and for those who are listening that have walked through grief and loss they will know exactly this feeling because grief hits you like hits you like in waves it comes when you like least expect it and one day you know that dad is good and he's with the lord and we're all going to meet one day and and then the next day you feel completely like you just have no words and you just feels just sad and you just just hits you like like this wave and it's been a testing time but what's been i think beautiful about this is the fact of well, first of all, like he's healthy now and he's well. We can know that. And he actually had Alzheimer's disease, which is a horrible disease. And he was in a care home and um, it was very sudden. His passing was mm. very sudden. We got a phone call from his care home saying we, COVID has hit the home. He's got high fever. And my sister calls me up and she goes, Jonas, I think we just need to like go there today because he's high fever today. And, and they went there with me on FaceTime and... Um, mm. And we were there with him in his room because in Sweden, you're still allowed to go in, into the room, which was amazing to just get to see him. And I could say, hey, dad, it's me, Jonas here. I'm in L.A. And, and my sister said, uh, Jonas, why don't you sing dad's favorite song for him? And I said, I'd love to. She brought a little speaker. And we, my sister and my mom and me, we're all there together in the room. And uh, I go to the piano, which is over there. And I played him 10,000 Reasons. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And I sang it. I said, dad. We're just going to worship together now and I'm going to sing you this and I'm going to lead you in worship today. And I played 10,000 Reasons for him and we sang it. And after the second chorus, I felt like to not, I felt to just like stop playing it there. And my sister looks at the phone, which not where I'm at, and she goes, Jonas, hold on one sec. And um, she calls in a nurse and he went to be with the Lord during the song. 
he closed his eyes and it gave him the peace um, to just go to the other side. So it was one of the toughest times, but one of the most precious times I've ever led that song and that I got to lead my dad in, in his favorite song and in worship. And it was beautiful because he got to continue singing that heavenly song on the other side, yeah, facing his maker. And, and um, it was, there was no easy way to go, right? There's no easy way to, to lose a loved one. But I think if there's a way to go, that was one of the most, it was a gift, you know, to be able mm-hmm. to, to be there in that moment and, and yeah. just see him. Literally my mom said, it was like, oh, it was like a bird flew out of the, mm. of the room. He was in such peace. There was no trouble breathing. There was no coughing. It was just so much peace in that moment. So, mm. you know, it's been, it's been a big year and, and I have such compassion and my heart breaks for everyone. There's so many of us who are yeah. affected by this and who have gone through this year. And, um, there is no, you know, in grieving, there is no, there is no way to say, oh, you'll be fine. Because when you're in the middle of it, you don't feel fine. Yeah. But what you can say is that, and this has helped me, is that, that even, in, even in loss and even in going through the darkest night, God is still there. Mm. And he will come. And for those out there who are grieving, he wants to be there with you in the darkness. And even if it is a dark night, he will be the morning light. And he is, he will always be. And, and that's his promise to us that he will give us hope. First of all, I'm so sorry about your loss. Thank um, you. And I'm so sorry to, with the circumstances of life and how quick it was and how far away you were. Yeah. What has it been like for you? I mean, I have no idea what that would feel like to be on a FaceTime call, you yeah. know, when you lose a parent and your mom and your sister are there and they're left to to handle whatever needs to be handled. Yeah. How did you grieve back at home alone? I mean, what was that like for you having to not only go through losing your father, but also having to go through it where you couldn't go and be with yeah. your mom and your sister? That's a really insightful question, Jamie, because I think that was actually the hardest for me was actually after the... And w- this happened in May, right? So we, this is also a time where it was complete lockdown. Yeah. But thank God for technology because me and my mom and my sister, we did daily FaceTime calls and we would just every day because my mom was in lockdown too. So she couldn't see my sister anyway. They were in separate houses because my mom is in that group with, they say, you know, 70 years plus. They don't yeah. want, uh, you know, people to be, they want to, to quarantine alone in Sweden. And um, we did this daily calls and we did, in the evenings, we would take communion together, me here in LA and my sister at her house with her husband and my mom at her house. And, and we would just pray and we would just literally grieve together. And it was something that was really powerful. It was something that I've never, you know, in the morning or at night, sometimes an hour or two or three, just be together on FaceTime or Zoom and that it worked. It actually somehow worked to be able to stay connected, even though there is a massive Atlantic Ocean between Europe and America. But God gave us so much grace. I felt like he just graced us with this peace to be together because there was no work for any one of us. We were home. So we were able to do this. And I would put my camera up and I would, would be cooking food and we'd be talking about that. Or I would have the camera up late night before in bed. And then I was actually quarantined with one of my best friends, Natasha, and her husband, Matt, and their little baby boy. And uh, they were just incredible. They They were just... Natasha was with me on the, on the funerals. She sat next to me. I was on FaceTime and I sang 10,000 Reasons. And we sang a song together as well on the funeral, on camera. 
from here. And that was really just beautiful to have a friend and a sister with me in those times. And then just my community in LA from my church and worship community here, people really like came around me. They would like do drive-bys and leave soups and leave like flowers and leave yeah. like, and we would stand talk six feet distant. They would be in the car. They would just come and, and leave, you know, pancakes or whatever. Like it was really... <laughs> It was an amazing thing, Jamie, because I'm normally that guy who I love giving and I love being there for people. I'm being like, I love serving people. It's one of my, the joys of my life. It's like acts of service. It's like yeah. my love language. I love helping people. I love doing things to people. And uh, to actually learn to receive love and to actually be like so weak that I didn't have the strength some days to cook. But then someone would like, an angel <laughs> or a friend would knock on the door, yeah. hey, uh, send a text message, look outside. And there would be like this, yeah. Or just like chili or something, you know, just made. Yeah. And, and um, I have never had that in my life where I've had to, I've had to accept love like that, where I had to actually receive love like that. Because normally I'd be like, oh, it's all fine. Don't worry. I can manage. I'm strong. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm very independent guy. Yeah. And uh, that was a new thing for me. And I really had to receive and learn to receive love, not just from God, but from my community yeah. and from people around me. And it did something to my heart. Like, and it did something to my relationships too, actually. I felt like, we got in a lot deeper this summer because something happens right when you just open up yourself for that type of love. Yeah. You know, we talked earlier about the songs that, you know, you write as a songwriter, that it's this overflow of your own um, experiences and your own emotions. Have you had any moments of writing as an overflow of the grief that you've been through this year? Yeah, I really have. And and I think one great example of that is this song that Just a Breath Away, the Christmas song, because I got that call in June or July, you know, so I was after your dad had passed away. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in the middle of summer in LA and in grieve, I'm I'm in grieving, but the piano for me has always been a place which has been my healing place. It is my therapist some days. It is my friend some days. It's a safe place for me where I can always express my heart. So I felt like I'm not going to like, even during my grief, I would go to the piano some mornings. I wouldn't know how to even pray, but the piano became my language of prayer almost. I didn't have the words, but the music became my words. And uh, I think with Just a Breath Away, that was that song got finished and this time of grieving and the overflow, it really was like that. It's just like, yeah. poured out of me. We finished it. And it's interesting because one of the lines in the verses, uh, the, um, it's a Christmas song, obviously. So it says, um, the tree's full of gifts, the candles are lit. One seed is empty with your name on it. And there's obviously, for me, it's about my dad. And I pray all the angels will keep you safe. Mm. And then it goes, Noel, Noel, wherever you are, look to and know that you're not on your own. Noel, no no matter how far, no matter how long the road is, just close your eyes and you'll find me just a breath away. Mm. And it's a beautiful thing that I feel like I know that dad is just a breath away. Heaven is just a breath away. Those who love are just a breath away. But even more amazing, the savior of the world, it's a breath away. Yeah. He's just a yes away. And I think that is what's so beautiful about the gift of Christmas and the hope of Christmas for all of us. And for this Christmas 2020, which I think is going to be a challenging time for a lot of people, because a lot of people like my family who cannot be with their loved ones because they might be in a care home. They might be, they might be far away and they can't travel, but we actually can be together yeah. in love. And Yeah. yeah. That is so beautiful. And I know that it's like a a double-edged sword of how God uses our experiences for his glory and for the kingdom Mm. and to make his name known. I mean, 
you're doing that with your gifts and your talents, even if it's been a difficult year. You know, I do want to ask you this because this is something I've been pondering a lot over the last year. It's no surprise, and I could easily say it. It's not trying to make you feel better about yourself, but you are a very successful songwriter. You have success, you have Grammys, you have the things that supposedly equal success. How do you handle that success and what does that actually mean to you? I actually think you're touching on a subject which I actually feel very passionate about because I think we have such a wrong perspective of often of what success is. And I think it's been, there's been a pressure and I think even growing up in the church, it's been a pressure of sometimes being successful because we use words like maybe history maker and it's like we need to be history makers and speakers to all mankind and all these songs that we sing they're actually powerful songs which i love but sometimes we forget that what is being a history maker it doesn't mean that you have to win a grammy or stand on a big station be a speaker to all mankind that doesn't mean successful i think for me and living in LA, I get confronted with this every day because it's a city. I live in Hollywood and it's like a big sign there. And this Hollywood sign symbolizes the lights and it symbolizes fame and it symbolizes money and wealth and, and what the world says is success. And I think we've got it all upside down. Mm. Like I think even as believers, I think sometimes we miss the point because so many people also say, Jonas, it's so incredible how the influence you have and how God is using you. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not about influence. God wants to use all of us. Like, it's not a matter of you get become influential and then God can use you. Or like you become successful and then you win a Grammy and then you can give God the glory. That's beautiful. And I think that is absolutely important. But I think it starts with our daily lives. Like, I think success is actually being true to whatever that God has put in our hand. Whatever that is. And if that is being a mother and you have two kids or 10 kids or no kids, but being responsible and being a good steward of whatever season you're in. For me, my season has been songs and has been, has been music. So I've been trying to be faithful with that. But for someone who's working as a teacher, being faithful and being giving those kids your every best thing every day and choosing even on the hardest, still love and still have to be patient and speak life over these kids. I mean, to me, that is like winning a freaking Grammy. Like that is success in God's eyes is being faithful. It's being, you know, like faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. I always say that like to be faithful in the little. And, and I really got challenged with this. When I moved to LA, I really got confronted because I was in this house and we, this was like one of those fixer uppers. Uh-huh. And uh, I love that show. <laughs> this is my <laughs> Chip and Joanna is like, yeah. it's, it's my guilty pleasure. It's like, love it on a bad day. And I always get so inspired too. I'm like, oh, oh wow, can you do that? Uh-huh. I don't know. This whole house was a big, literally it looked like a site. It was like nothing was here. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, I was downstairs and I was praying for the nations, which we do some days, right? I was like, Lord, send my music out to the nations. Let it bring hope to people. Let it touch people. Let it be a blessing for those that are in need. I mean, it was a very sincere prayer and let it go to the ends of the world. And I actually felt in my heart, God saying, stop praying, start now. Mm. because upstairs I had all these builders working on the house and they were literally from around the world. Yeah. And in that moment, I really, I really like felt like, wow, you know, when the Holy Spirit sometimes just whispers something and you kind of know what it is, but you don't want to hear it some days. Right. Because it's like, so I was like, yeah, but how do I, how do I do it? Because they won't even talk to me because in LA, a lot of 
like build like kind of construction culture is very much like in and out. Yeah. They're like, I'll be like, oh, amigos, como estas? And they will be like, bien. And they will uh, keep on going. And they're gone. Yeah. And I really felt in my heart. I'm like, I should not like, I need to love on them. And so I, I prayed and said, Lord, how do you want me to do that? And I heard two words, Jamie. And I felt the Lord say, serve them. Hmm. Serve them. And I'm like, okay, but how, how, can, I, how, just, how can I serve these guys? And, um, and I've, I've felt that thing, which I said, just use what's in your hand. And, um, and we've heard that at church our whole lives. Like David used what was in his hands and he used his couple of stones and that took down the giant. So I'm like, okay, well, I went down to the, gro- the grocery store down the road and I literally used what was in my hand, my credit card. And I, <laughs> I picked every like unhealthy, yummy, sugary, carb filled thing I could find. I picked donuts. I got brownies i got salsa i got crisps i got nachos i got i mean cookies biscuits i filled the trolley up and uh drove back to the house the guys are all working and there's probably 10 of them all over the like and they were everywhere it was a site and um i set up this buffet of like goodness and i got a vessel mexico city playlist and i got some speakers and i cranked the volume and this whole table was set up and i said amigos welcome come to the table we're not gonna work today you have the rest of the day off. We're just going to hang out and we're going to have a party. And I say, I want to say thank you to each one of you because you are, this is the first time I said, I've never had a house in my whole life, but this is going to be a place which is going to be a blessing to people. And you are all part of building this house where music and songs are going to be birthed. They're going to touch the world. And I just spoke that up and they were so shocked. Like, huh? And we all gathered around the table and we, I just served them, I served them coffee. And we just, I went around and I wanted to hear about their families. I wanted them to tell me their story. And um, Jamie, it was the most powerful afternoon. Like we just stood and we became brothers that day. The next morning I came up and literally Alfonso from El Salvador looked at me and he was like, Jonas, amigo, como estas? And he gave me a big hug and something broke. There was something that just had happened in this house after that moment of just serving them. And and I felt the Lord said in that moment in my heart, Jonas, today, this is success. You followed what I wanted you to do today which was not to be out and write a song or go out and, and whatever, go to Soul House or, yeah. you know, it was being a steward of love with yeah. the people that he entrusted with my life who were these beautiful guys from around the world. Yeah. The nations so were in my house, but I was yep, so busy yep. thinking about my songs reaching the world. That I forgot that I had the whole world in my own house because I was yeah. so busy. And this, this story finishes with the housewarming party, which was so beautiful. My parents were in town. A couple of years ago, obviously, and my sister was here too, and and her husband and we. I told Miguel from El Salvador. I said, "Listen, I wanted my housewarming party to be for you guys and your wives. I want to throw a feast for you, but also for your wives, because they have been the ones who've had to keep the home going, mm-hmm. be home with the kids while these guys are working all day." And I said, "I want to honor them and your families, and you can bring your kids, and we're going to have a party at the house, and you're going to sit at my table." And I said, but the one thing I want, I said, is for you to not bring any gifts, but I want you to not come in your work clothes. So I want you to put on a shirt and I want you uh-huh. to come and you're going to be guests. And uh, it was so special, Jamie. Alfredo was the first guy who came in and the house was beautiful. We had candles everywhere. And my mom cooked a beautiful Swedish chicken dish, which is my favorite. And we had music playing and I got a beautiful bottle of champagne for the guys. It was just lovely. And they walk in and the first guy was Alfredo and he looks at the house and this is the first time he sees the house done because it was furniture. Yeah. It was looking beautiful and it was just like the piano was in place I and mean, everything was done. And he was like, wow, 
and looked around and I said, Alfredo, we did it. We, <laughs> we finished the house. I said, congratulations. I said, yeah. I said just felicidades. I said, I want you to see this space because these guys never get to come when a house is done. You know? finish, they, yeah. they always just get thrown out and then they go to the next mm-hmm. thing. And I felt like as a, as a songwriter and artist, we always have a release party or we have a premiere when it's a movie. We always yeah. get celebrated. And I'm like, these guys are artists too, but in a different way. They use your hands. Yeah. And I want to celebrate that. I want to celebrate them. And he looked around and, and I gave him a hug and I said, we did it. And I said, thank you so much. And then this is, oh, this story is crazy. He, he actually broke down weeping in my arms and uh, like crying. And he's in his early 50s and he stood in his beautiful white shirt and his hair was slicked back. And his kids, they're still in El Salvador because he's worked in America. Through working here, he's been able to fund all their schooling. This was the only way for him to be able to afford his schooling for his kids by working here. So he hasn't been able to travel back and hasn't seen his kids for I think, 15 years. And he looks around and such a faithful guy and he, he sees his house and he goes, Jonas, he goes, thank you so much. He goes, gracias, gracias. He goes, this is the first time he goes, I'm invited to someone's house in America. And I just, just hugged him and I said, well, I said, tonight you are. And wow. tonight we're going to celebrate and, and we're going to have a, a party. And, and thank God. And we all, they all came one by one and we, they sat at the table and we served them and we just, just spoke about life and we laughed and we danced. Even some salsa, they did like a salsa lesson with us. <laughs> uh, we did really badly, but... They were laughing at us, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me and my mom trying to dance salsa in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the night finished with, um, I actually went to the piano because they had never heard me sing, right? Yeah. So they didn't know, because I would normally be in work clothes as well, helping them out throughout yeah. the whole year. And I finished the night saying, I would love to just bless you guys and sing a couple of songs for you from my new album. And I sang some songs for them and they just all just cried and cried. They couldn't believe it uh, that they got to be part of that moment. And we all yeah. finished the night with... I said, the greatest gift I could give you is for my parents, her ministers, is to pray the blessing over you and your families. And they all held hands with me and we're in the living room with the families and the kids. And my parents prayed the blessing over them. And it was church. It was church. That night, I just felt like this is what the church is. And this I felt this is what the kingdom actually is all about. Yeah. This yeah. is, you know, I felt like personally, I miss it so many times because I do get so busy with yeah. being on the treadmill and doing life and doing all the stuff that needs to be done. But, but in that moment, I was like, and I felt the Lord said, Jonas, this was a success day in the kingdom. I love that story so much because what it says to us all is that there's an opportunity to be faithful right where you are. Yeah. Like there's an opportunity yes. to be faithful to what God's asking you to do right where you are. And it looks different from everyone. Yes. Like no one would know that happened in your house however many no. years ago yeah. until now when you tell us. But it's yeah. not like that wasn't, you know, a new song going to the top of the charts or a Grammy or, yeah, or, or Instagram. An it was none of that. Or an Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. It was just God asking you to mm. be faithful in the little ways right in front of your house. And then look what it did. I mean, I know. that moment, that has a ripple effect for the rest of life on so many people and it has honestly jamie like it's been so incredible because these guys became family to me like they i was actually texting with one of them today because it's incredible he's just dreaming to become a dad and he couldn't get a child and i was was like i'm gonna believe and pray for a miracle to give you a child and they actually got a baby oh my gosh and so he's a little miracle child and this little kid and they had tried ivf for so many years and it didn't work and this is way after the construction was done right Uh uh-huh yeah. And uh, because of, of what God did during that time, we became family. So then 
he knew that I believe in prayer and I believe in the power of God, that God is real. So he told me, and I, I said, I committed to him to pray and believe for a miracle. And I mean, it's actually a long story. If I ever come back with you, I'll show you that story. We will come back for the story because I love your story so much. Yeah. I'm just, I'm grateful for you sharing about this journey and the faithfulness because it's a message that's important to me and that I've been having with people on this show for a while. And it's awesome. just... It makes it when someone like, and I mean this in the best way, Jonas, when someone like you that comes on that someone might think, I don't relate to that because I'm not a songwriter, or I don't relate to them because I'm not a doctor, or I don't relate to them because I'm not in construction, but yet we can all relate to being faithful to what God asked you to do. That's right. And so it's a beautiful, beautiful story. This is so great. I'm I'm so grateful for you and the work that you're doing and so excited for this film to watch it with my family and hear your song. Thank you also for being vulnerable today about your grief and- It is grief is something that no one is immune to in your lifetime. It will hit us all unexpectedly, expectedly. It doesn't matter. It still is the same. And so thank you for even allowing us to hear a part of that story. I end all of my interviews asking people, what are they loving or what are they reading? So what are you loving? What are you reading? What are you into these days? Okay. I'll tell you what I've been loving. I haven't mastered it yet, but I'll tell you what I've been loving. During lockdown and quarantine, I've learned to make sourdough bread. <laughs> oh, you and everyone else. I love this so much. I did not take this up, but I love to hear when people I do. picked it up. And it's funny because I didn't even know that I would love baking so much. Like, okay. I'm not like a super like... I love cooking, but I'm not a good baker. I have, I'm, it's yeah. just not my... There's a difference, yes. But I was missing bread so much because in here in LA... There was no bread to be found anywhere. I mean, literally, there was like, you know, the shelves. It was just empty for yeah. weeks, literally for weeks. And you cannot find yeast either. So oh, gosh. It, it was literally like, it was like a ghost. Like supermarkets were like a ghost town. It was like empty everywhere. So I, what I did, I was like, I was craving bread. I'm like, I need to like figure this out. And I heard about sourdough. The sourdough can be, you know, when you, if you get a good sourdough starter, you don't need yeast. You just right. bake with that. And then you just keep using the same starter, and right? You like keep, you're on a roll. Exactly. And this is the sourdough art. It's you grow and you feed this starter. And the better you feed it and the better you look after it like a pet, the happier it will be. And it was so fun. I was able to get hold of a sourdough starter from one of my neighbors. Because uh-huh. one of my neighbors actually comes from a baker's family. So they had mm-hmm. a sourdough starter that was 150 years old. And for those listeners, you have a part of that starter. I have that starter. And for those listeners out there who know into baking, like a 150 year old sourdough starter that's been kept alive for 150 years, it's like sourdough gold. Oh, I would think like goldest of gold. Yes. It is like, and this was my neighbor who offered because there was no food and no bread to be found. So they offered to share their starter. And I was like, are you? That's a nice friend. It was a good friend. And That's a good friend. Uh, I began and I tell you what was the joy of sourdough, you know, the best tip ever, sourdough pizza. Oh, that sounds amazing. Jamie, sourdough pizza, literally like, it's so good because you get this, the crust of the pizza with like the yumminess of the sourdough bread, but in the crust and with all the goodness of it. Yeah. Sounds it's like hit. Italy is what it sounds like. If you and how big country you lay, I'll make you some. 
Oh my gosh. Now listen, if anyone is listening like, oh, I'm going to share a starter with either Jonas or Jamie, pick Jonas because someone shared a starter with me and I killed it. So I cannot handle the starters. But oh, really? I'm so happy. Yeah, yeah. I just killed it. Like I, it, it oh, was really? dead. How often did you do it? Did you feed it? I don't really know the answer to any of these questions yeah. because whatever I did was not right. Okay. Well, I'll give you the all the secrets, how to <laughs> keep a healthy and happy sourdough starter. Maybe I should try again with the starter. Jonas, you're a joy. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the happy hour. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank Thank you you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for using your gifts and for being faithful to what God's called you to do. Thank you for having me on today. And we appreciate you. And thank you for keeping us all in lockdown and quarantine. Have something (laughs) giving us hope and sharing your gift. Friends, I told you you would love this show. I really, really loved it. And I hope that you are encouraged. In the midst of a difficult season, you might be grieving just like Jonas is grieving right now. And I hope that his words were an encouragement to you. Today's show was edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper. The music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Abby Castell. And the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Guys, check out Jonas's new song. Go subscribe to my YouTube channel and check out Compassion.com slash Ivy today to see how you can partner with Compassion International to help them release a child from poverty in the name of Jesus. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a friend. Have a happy hour with a friend. Come back this Friday to hear my conversation with my friend, longtime happy hour friend, Allie Worthington. Allie Worthington.